Blog Talk Radio. And yeah, I got jokes because we're doing Fantastic Friday on a Saturday, on a Saturday, on a Saturday. I hope everybody's having a good Saturday. I think you can already tell my day has started off wonderful. I got my coffee in front of me, sitting here in front of me, my loudmouth mug. We're in the studio, ready to get it in. So I know you're like, okay, why are we doing Fantastic Friday on a Saturday? Well, Sometimes things just happen. You have to make some adjustments. And yesterday was one of those days. But we're still going to have our Freedom Friday conversation of all the latest happenings, current events that's going on, Metro Atlanta, Tampa Bay, Florida, and beyond. And as you know, it is not officially spring, but I'm going to tell you, people already got spring fever. I'm going to tell you right now that this is going to be a fantastic show because we're going to be talking about some heavy-weighted things that have taken place over the last few days. And unless you're living in a very small bubble, you're not going to be able to uh, grasp what we're talking about. Um, but you know it's going to be some political conversation on here today, right, as always. Our wizard Sterling Powell will be in and joining us shortly. But meanwhile, I do have Jazzy, who is right, right in the studio with her wonderful coffee. I got my sweet rose and trail mix bars. I'm I'm kind of ready this morning. Good morning, darling. How are you today? Happy Friday. Fantastic Friday morning. on a Saturday. Good morning. Happy <laughs> Friday on a Saturday. Producer Sunny, thank you so much. As usual, you always bring us in with a bang. And, um, I know, right? I'm still not breathing so well, so if I sound like a huff and puff and stuff, please forgive me, but I am <laughs> grateful that I am so much better than I have been in the last two weeks. So for those of you that have been having colds and flu, let me tell you my concoction really helped me. Let me tell you, I have been doing ginger tea, honey, turmeric, vinegar, cayenne pepper, black pepper, black pepper, black pepper. I should have done white pepper and then I would have just had a rainbow trap. But anyway, um, organic honey, let me Uh, tell um, you, Sunny bought some some organic honey and normally I am the organic organic queen of things I just mm. you know I love healthy things but baby if any of you have ever had some organic honey and I need to go find out the brand but it's delicious it's in a very tiny jar and somewhat you're kind of pissed that you paid all this money for this little bitty jar of honey but sweetheart you can only do a um not even a teaspoon i don't even know what size like a t- like if you really got a baby doll like large. 
looks like Lauren <laughs> in, the, in a bottle. You have to it, go it looks get like Lauren. Uh, I ain't gonna lie. It's it's so it's so good, and it's, but it's so concentrated. Let me tell you, you just went and go get the honey from the beehive and just take it out and, and put, put it, it in the jar. It's and raw, it's, that's it's how organic. Organic. It, is. Yeah, oh it has God. not been pasteurized. It is she so lied. sweet, like you she can lied. barely eat it. You can barely eat it. But nevertheless, all of that good stuff that I have been taking has really been working. Um, I have not gone to the doctor because I don't want to pay $6,000 for them to tell me to come home and just, you know, it's got to wait out. It's time and all that kind of stuff. So, anyway, mm. I am very grateful to feel as good as I do and to be on with all of my wonderful listeners with my wonderful uh, co-host and producer, Sonny, and my wonderful co-host, who will be on very shortly, Sterling Powell, there in our St. Pete, Tampa Bay area. And, um, yeah, so happy Friday on a Saturday. We were trying so desperately to get to Florida. You know the Renaissance Festival is going on, and we will talk about that, and we will give away some tickets. Yeah. Um, and the, the Strawberry Festival. Festival. And the Southern mm-hmm. Festival is going on there. So Florida and is Plant doing City. it up real big. And so we were and not able to get out. And it's tax time. We were at the airport yesterday trying to get out to Florida. And honey child, let me just everybody tell you. Mama felt the same way. Okay? Everybody. People, they, I'm going to tell you, Delta are so oversold tickets like 40 feet over on every single flight <laughs> to Florida. So we were giving away. Visa cards to uh, Macy's and Nordstrom's and Amazon. They started out at a hundred dollars. They went to four hundred dollars, then five hundred, then six hundred dollars for you to give up your seat. So we were there for ten, almost ten hours. Was it ten hours we were there? Man, ridiculous. Almost. Yeah, it was insane. It, it was no, we were there it was for ridiculous. yeah, ten hours, ten hours yesterday. Yeah. So nevertheless, we gave up the ghost and came on back, and so now we're in the studio here in Georgia uh, for Friday for Saturday. How about that? So welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to uh, tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell somebody who needs to be on our show, they need to call in at 347-826-7520. Hit the number one if they want to speak and join the conversation. And if you just want to sit back and listen to our banter, ha-ha, I just sit there and not bring you in. And have well, at it. So, but yeah, we're sitting here drinking our coffee and just, you know, doing a real good thing right now and enjoying our moment. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm I'm so happy we're on air. You know, it's so fun. I said we're gonna have to have a fantastic Friday on Saturday because well, I'm gonna tell you something. If you go on the airport, that is the best people watching experience you're gonna have. And I don't know what was going on in Atlanta. It was just unbelievably crazy. Atlanta had everybody, Mary McCool, Donna Summer, any and everybody that loves sparkling glitter and um, sequins was in the airport yesterday. And I'm just like, dude, I don't know. They just recognize, you know, they check themselves before they themselves out the house. But it's just an instant display. Let me put it like that. So some of us, they was giving a, they was giving a, 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 a when it comes to the sequence. They were showing up. 
I think uh, Rainbow Bright was in the attendance yesterday. Um, My Little Pony was in attendance yesterday. Man, this is interesting. I think I think people should just go to the airport and just watch your things. It'll it oh change your aspect and your thoughts. And let me tell you, <laughs> the airport has jokes. The airport is a complete setup for anybody. <laughs> if you're a writer, if you are a writer and you have writer's block and you need some just characters, you need some descriptions, what? Let me tell you. It's dead is ready for seen, you. If you could see the orcas and the and the free willy outfits, I'm telling you, I don't even know what happened. Unbelievable. Glitter, sequins, and um and vibrant colors was the thing yesterday. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Nobody didn't care about but nobody didn't care what your thoughts was on that home. They was like, you know what, I got this. And then for whatever the reason yesterday, I got people my kept taxes. leaving their wallets, their purses, their passports. Yeah. Look, look, Jazz, you know when people got money. Look, I, I, I got some people listening in. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to join the conversation so I know you want to talk and we'll bring you on live. <laughs> but let me tell you something about our folks, man. You know when you ain't got your tax money, you don't even pay attention. You don't left your wallet, all your ID cards, cash, everything up in it. When I tell you almost every, what, 20, 30 minutes, every hear the speakers. Oh, passengers, such and such and such, you, um, can you come to, to the gate for a personal item? I'm standing <laughs> at the gate. Man. No, and it was one it dude was while it was on the, the floor. Name, the one name. lady left. Mr. Patel, I know you got your tax money. PT Patel, you have left your personal item on the concourse. Please return to the information desk of Delta. <laughs> a few minutes later. We need you to recover um, your personal this item. of a bukatata. Okay. The lady, I was crying because she could barely pronounce most of the names. But literally, mind you, I said we were at the airport stuck and being rebooted and rebooted and rebooted. To the next and plane, and to the next plane, and to the next, it was you know, just, they just trying so to get out. So if trying to get the floor, I'm going to tell you right now, the weekend, this ain't, it ain't what it is. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, just drive. get in the car, get a scooter, get some get some roller skates, do something. Slide. Mind you, you we're not talking about, no right now. What, see, see, and everybody's like, oh, you must have a standby, oh, you must have had a butter pass. We're talking about people who have paid their good money for a ticket. And they're being bumped like crazy. You know they're not going to offer every you three, four, five, six hundred dollars yeah, And let me it, say it this. It was crazy. every single airline was overbooked and, and full yesterday. So when I tell you the airport was lit. To Florida. Lit. To Florida. So I just yeah, Florida, I don't know what, what went Florida was Florida, impossible but, to get to. Yeah, man. Yeah, forget about so, it. So we're here yeah, in man. Georgia. And um, Take It Care Studio things for Loudmouth Radio. Um, we have our we have our studio dogs who have misbehaved this morning, so they're in quiet time. And um, they we have our maintenance guy out. coming around doing some some work in the studio because you know we gotta keep it right. You know what? We should just invite some guests over to the studio. We haven't had guests in the studio in a long, long time. In the physical studio, we we're definitely digital we online and we can reach the mess. <laughs> Oh, we do need we to invite some people it. over 
to the studio. We've done some renovations, and, um, you know, we had a last year of putting it back together after being in Hawaii. So uh, we have some people here working on doing some things so that we can invite you into the physical studio and see how we get it in. Um, maybe we need to do a contest or something and have somebody to win a opportunity to come into the studio and be a, a special guest host with us. We haven't had that in a little while. What exactly. do you think about that, producer? I say we can make that happen. We're in a restructuring phase on a lot of great things. And, you know, um, well, I, I, you know what, for whatever the reason, I'm being led to share this. Um, if you guys don't know me in this light, I will tell you that I am – such a reader. I read everything, like habitually reader. Like, yeah, I read. Like, I can't even go to the bathroom without a book in my hand or something, right? So, I do read a lot. Thank you of, for uh, sharing. Hey, we we, fam- we we this family. This is how we do. It's cool. We're right here. <laughs> so. In that light, I love to read all types of things, but, but like 90% of the time I'm going to be reading something, self-help, motivational, um, you know, things that are going to give you a hierarchy of thinking in life and and prospects of, of uh, prosperity and things of that nature, right? So one of my faithful books, um, I do read a lot of John C. Maxwell, and um, there's a little part just kind of jumped out at me that I said I was going to share real quick and I hopefully this will give somebody something that they needed to hear today. And I'm not gonna I'm gonna just give a little piece a little piece snippet of it. It's about how successful people are thinking and trying new things in new ways. And as you were saying, Desi, you know, it's been a while since we've had some some, you know, guests in the studio and things of that nature. See the beautiful thing is we are a virtual studio, so we're not limited to um, our presence on la- on air, and we can go online and, and have the ability to talk to you as a right hemisphere, and we're so thankful for that. So I want to read this little quick little sector real quick, and you suggest if you like to. Hey, um, what was excuse, the last Excuse me one moment. Yeah. Producer, you're going, you sound like you're in a bubble. What are you doing with your mic? I need you to adjust yourself. I don't know. Because- I don't You're doing okay now. Okay. Can you understand anyway, me now? I almost went there. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, so this is my little insert of trying new things in new ways. When was the last time you did something for the first time? Do you avoid taking risks or trying new things? One of the best ways to get out of the rut of your own thinking is to innovate. You can do that in little everyday ways by driving a different way to work than you would normally do. Order an unfamiliar dish at your favorite restaurant, <clears throat> Jazzy. <clears throat> Excuse Hello, me. Whatever. Ask a different colleague to help with a familiar stuff off of autopilot, right? I've discovered and used different routes going home, back and forth. These are just little simple things. For example, going back and forth to the airport. You, you don't even realize how sometimes going in and out of work, you take the same route, and you're not even consciously thinking about what you're doing. You're just automatically doing it, as we say, autopilot. That is so and, true. Oh, my God. Yes. And you'll be – and this is saying often how you'll be amazed. You see people sitting on the freeway, and they could be moving forward on an alternative route. And, you know, not that it's a problem, but too many people have not tried new things in new ways. Most people are more satisfied with old problems than committing to finding new solutions. How you go about doing new things in new ways is not as important as making sure you do it. The 
besides, if you try to do new things in the same way that everyone else does, are you really going to go against the popular thinking? Get out and do something different, right? So that was just a little testament for whatever the reason. I just felt the need. I wanted to share that. Um, so, Jazz, what do you think about that? So, in other words, so in other words, you should have played right that time to make that change. People in the world today, oh, God, I almost oh my got God. cold. Yeah, you did. You did. I think we need to take a quick commercial break. Okay. We're going to take a quick commercial break and let some of y'all listen to our media partners have the support of our network. And we're going to come back and we're going to kind of hone in into some of this stuff. Uh, Yeah, Jazzy just went back on with that. Y'all will listen to Live My Radio. Y'all hold on. Insurance Associates Atlanta, formerly Mathis Insurance Services, is an independent agency offering personal, commercial life, and health insurance products to meet the needs of your business and your family. We specialize in helping you protect all of your assets, whether you're purchasing insurance for the first time or searching for better products at a better price. Feel free to contact us at 770-483-0310. We're conveniently located at 1030 Remington Drive in Conyers, Georgia. Visit us online at insurance-iaa.com. Ladies, are you looking for the next best find? Don Shea's Boutique will bring out your inner glam. The lady herself, Miss Don Shea, is dedicated to providing you with the latest in Hotlanta fashion footwear. It'll make you stand out at every event. In addition to our amazing prices, we are the go-to source for high fashion footwear. So stop by and shop online. We're sure to have the right shoes for you. www.donshay-shoes.com That's www.donshay-shoes.com Don Shays is the only place you can go to still be sane and have a sure side. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. Sonny and Jazzy of Loudmouth TV is taking off with a brand new show, Off the Market, with its first season within the beautiful state of Hawaii, featuring some of the most sought-after areas of beachfront and inner island properties on the island of Maui and Oahu. Tune in to each episode with host Jazzy Jones-Smith as she talks to feature real estate agents as they showcase their open house listings to private homeowner tours where you just might find a house that you may want to take off the market. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. Got a quick commercial break. I think Jazzy was uh, having a flashback sequence of Hammer or something going on over there. Jazz, I was going to tell you that this is a great time to have a flashback because it's it's Renaissance (laughs) Festival time in St. Petersburg, Florida, right? Would you say whatever? 
<laughs> you feel my I was having a what over here, man? Oh, I don't know. I thought it was like uh, you was going back into a moment of time there that you just went to share. Yeah. And no, tell the people. I will play the tell song. the people. I know, right? <laughs> so <clears throat> I think you know what's so great. Um, we've had a roller coaster week. Not even just a week. The last few weeks have been crazy um, on the political scene. You know, last Friday we really dove into the Jesse Sumlet, Smollett, excuse me, the Jesse Smollett situation um, that is still ongoing. So I'm really not even ready to step. It's, it's almost one of those things that you don't even know how to step into it because it's, it's just a continual process of a bob and weave. We really don't know where this is going to fall. Um, but last week we had a great conversation. But you know what? It's falling, it's falling where it's supposed to fall, though. It's yes, it falling is. into investigation, and that was the problem from the beginning. It didn't go into investigation fully. It went into a second of investigation, straight into speculation, and, and public opinion, and then yeah. into accusation and guilt. Dag, I yeah. sound like Jesse Jackson. Woo! I am on roll today. Oh. Yeah, it yeah, did so, it. But, but now it is doing what we are supposed to have done in a democracy, and that's to investigate a situation of blame of an innocent person until that innocent person is yet proven guilty. Absolutely. I really need to get paid for this, this whole lawyer <laughs> thing that I just did. I'm just saying. Well, you know what? It's just, it's just an ongoing uh, maze of confusion and think that there's so many different storylines that are just starting to come with this that um look and, and, and then Michael Cohen that in itself was I, I don't even know hey, how hey. I, oh. as you say pull up and that get the Michael popcorn Cohen? no I got popcorn I had some kettle corn popcorn while watching the Michael Cohen whole um just, it, it, it was a sci-fi, it was a drama, it was a comedy, it was a thriller. Man, seriously, that is going to become a movie. Trust and believe that thing was better. Mm-hmm. What was that movie I just told you to watch with the Washington Post? Uh, with um, The Post. The Post. With, Mar- with uh, the Post. Meryl Streep. Yes. Girl, that and, and, and that was during thing. the time period of of Watergate. Um, the Watergate, Watergate. cover-up. Yes. And the Washington Post was eventually sued by the government, and then they won. Because exactly. we have a right, and that's why I'm so proud that we are media coverage, and we cover so many diverse topics, is because the people have a right to know what's going on to the best of our honest and non-prejudiced opinions. To bring right. that information to the public so that we are then able to be informed and to make a decision about how we live in this society. Baby, Michael Cohen, listen, he lied, he, he squandered, what, uh, not squandered, what, what am I trying to say? I don't know what I'm trying to say, but nevertheless, he, he, he cheated, he covered up, he did a whole lot of things in representation of Donald Trump. And mind you, while he was representing Donald Trump, he was making bank. So let's not forget exactly. that. He was making exactly. bank. So, exactly. but here is the thing. Do a few things, and over time, you ever had somebody to kind of coerce you into a lot? 
you didn't mean yes. to lie, but all of a sudden yes. you're sitting there lying like, yes. you know. Because oh, nine let, let me give you a simple. Ten, this is a friend, somebody you, you've had an entrusted relationship with. Even with your siblings, this happens. You know, you don't get mm-hmm. caught, you don't got busted, and at that moment you're confronted and being, con- you know, you're, you're being confronted about the situation, and then they just start right. making up a story or saying something, and then they say, "Jazz, who knows? She was right there. Tell them. W- didn't I do and this? Was right. we right Good here? Good example. Good example. And you get drugged and into like, it, and your loyalty and you is like, going to yeah. automatically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we uh, we yeah. did. <laughs> And in your mind, and your mind is running like a million times, you know, a second, because you're like, I know this didn't happen. Why did they just pull me in? And now if I turn around and go, no, that really didn't happen, what is the repercussions of that statement, not only for the person that's trying to get me to cover for them, but also for myself? Now, once that happens once or twice, I've, I've never killed anybody, thank you, Jesus, but I've heard people say once you kill once, it becomes easier mm-hmm. to do after a while. So once you have eye to the degree of the cover-up and you're being paid good money, in your mind you start making it be okay, even though in your heart yeah. you know it's not. Yeah. Once you are caught exactly. and exposed, now in one essence, of course you're doing it to save yourself once you come clean. First of all, of before course. you come clean, of course. you're going to Number tell one. 16 more lies to cover up the lies that you've been telling. <laughs> but then once you really bust it, you take a deep breath and go, you just I'm say, so tired of lying. Yeah. I'm so tired of right. lying, after, and I'm after, so after, ready to have this to be, <laughs> be over. If your, moral, <laughs> if your moral compass will allow you to get back on track. And, and, and guys, let me tell you something. We're talking, I still, now I'm going to be honest with you. During the time of the testimony, I was at the doctor's office, so I was catching, like, Jazzy was able to just get a full Monty, but I was in and out of it, so... Maybe I did pop you know, was, stop playing, I am so serious. Yeah, yeah, so there was over seven hours of testimony back and forth, people took a break, people was coming back and forth like they were just on a full hour shift watching this thing, so I, I have 29 um, points that we're going to kind of, you know, just kind of pull from the testimony of Michael Cohen. And as I kind of touch on those, we'll talk about the comments or the statements that he made. Mm-hmm. That, that sound like a good thing, Jazz. Let's, let's go from there. Girl, and I'm, I'm not my ready to go. Hold on. I need to go get some more <laughs> popcorn because we're about to go over this thing again. Ow! Okay, yeah, let's <laughs> get the number. So I was going to say, for all those who are listening online, if you're listening to us on the studio line, it's 347-826-7520. We would like for you, if you if you would like to be a part of that statement of conversation and give your response back to um, the different things that we're going to touch on, you can be a part of the conversation. You have to hit the one on your keypad. That will enable me to know that you're uh, wanting to talk to us. So. We're going to touch on, we're going to try to at least get through them, okay? But I got at least 29 points or, or statements that Michael Cohen's open statement and testimony that was given the other day um, in D.C. The first thing, number one, I am ashamed because I know what Mr. Trump is. He's a racist. He's a con man. He is a cheat. This was his opening statement that you but, know you set know, the tone for the purpose. day. Just for my purpose and for those that are listening that loved how much, 
how good that sounded. Can you say it one more time? I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One more time. One more time. So, the opening statement, I am ashamed mm-hmm. because I know what Mr. Trump is. He's a racist, a common, and a cheat. And that's at the top of the day. A common, and a cheat. And, and can I just, and, and this can I is just our current in. sitting president of the United States. Well, now, I Jazzy, I think you were the first that, one to show. That's not, yeah, that's not well, our he is president. The that's some people's president. No, he is yeah, right. He is States. the sitting president of the United States currently, based upon okay. our scope. You know, forty-four is okay. what we got held down all day yeah, yeah. long. And until we get another person that can represent well, forty-four will continue to be my president. And then yeah. we can say that the sitting president of the U.S. is is the yeah is forty five because I can't do our I can't okay, right. okay I I digress. so okay. so right right there you already knew that this was going to be low to the brain when he started talking. Second Girl, talking point: What are you going to do today, Pinky? Try to take over the world. Take over the world, and, and you know the sad part: the dude is just that he's just that. He's just that crazy and that wild. The Korean president, yeah. do you remember? Uh-uh. Don't, don't talk about him yet. Don't talk uh, yeah. about him yet. We're we going to finish that. This too early. Okay. okay. Continue. All right. Number two. So, number two. He was a presidential candidate who knew that Roger Stone was talking with Julian Assange about weekly drops of Democratic National Committee emails. Mm-hmm. So, when I tell you In this, other words, was there was a dynamite point. Out- there was a part, honey, where um, when he was talking about the emails, he overheard the conversation that emails would be dropped, right? He was not part of that, but he he um, overheard the conversation. Oh, he was in the room. Um, and right. saw Donald Trump Jr. go behind his desk. This was his testimony. He said, nobody is allowed to go behind the desk. Nobody just walks around um, Donald Trump's uh, chair and just goes into their email and stuff like that. And this is when he saw Donald Trump Jr., who he also stated that Donald Trump Jr. was not capable of handling anything. That was the that's uh, Donald Trump's senior statement about his son is that he would never let him handle anything, never let him set up any meetings, never do any any of that. And so blah 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 blah, blah right blah 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 blah. So it, right. it, it was it was one of those things when they knew that these emails were going to be dropped, but the story has been that they didn't know anything about it. They were not responsible. And, and the, the sound of noise was that, that the DNC emails were hacked. So let, let me just mm-hmm. speak on, for those who don't know Roger Stone, who's also been in the news and has been, it's kind of simmered, but still in the pot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, Trump told New York Times earlier this year that he had never spoken to Stone, who now been indicted on charges that he lied to Congress about the future and extended dealing with the WikiLeaks emails that were hacked by Russians that then released the information for maximum damage to happen to Hillary Clinton's campaign. Right? So this dude is saying that Trump was asked whether or not he took the stone about the stolen emails and they pressed Trump. Right? Uh And uh they pressed him including Roger Stone 
about the WikiLeaks emails and if there was a plan for the drop. And Trump clearly stated, oh, no, 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 no. You know, he denied and dismissed all these nature claims. But he claims. always says no. He says, no, oh, no, that didn't happen, that didn't happen. It's either, it's so funny, his lies are the same statement. No, that that never happened. That never happened. No, he's a and very then, bad person. Well, <laughs> <laughs> He's a very bad person, and it's really big. He didn't it's do really that. Big. It's big. So anyway, number three. Yeah. <laughs> so number three, a copy of a check that Trump wrote from his personal bank account after he became president. I need to listen right there. Let, can I do this? Can I have the honor? Can I just have the honor? <laughs> Your personal so, bank account, bank account as a president uh-huh. cannot be used in. Any of in any anything to deal with the White House, to deal with the campaign, you can't politics. This is why people raise. This is why they raise campaign funds. And for those of you that don't know, you know when when a uh, a politician um, elect when they start running for government and they're starting to take donations. When they say please give to this campaign, it is so those funds are used for that individual during their tenure as an elected official and or um, prior to. So all of the marketing, all of the advertisement, their travel, their email, all, all the of that comes out of that campaign. Yes. And that way right. you're able to see the, okay, did you use this a for, you know, creation of funds you so you're not commingling. Exactly. Right. Your funds exactly. are not being Right. So then you don't come up to a position like this where $35,000 is used from that initial, he, I think it was $135,000 they, they paid to Stormy Daniels. Yeah, so, 150000 I think it was right. $135,000. I think it was the total. But nevertheless, Donald Trump paid him back. So the statement from Michael Cohen is he was paid in 12 installments. Money. And that Donald Trump told him, we're going to pay you in 12 installments. So it's not so um, so noticeable that I'm just giving you this money during this camp. Mind you, mind you, this is during campaign time. You can't, exactly. you, which is, you can't even be elected if this is found and, out. And, and, okay? and dude, like, look, he paid me and reimbursed me money payments for the adult film star to prevent damage to his campaign. Now, the crazy part of it, of course, Cohen has got receipts. The actual checks. Receipts, honey. And dated, signed with Trump's signatures. And the date itself. And with Donald Jr.'s signature. Yeah. You're in the White Mm -hmm. House already, bro. Now, all of this directly contradicts all of the searches that Trump made about him not knowing anything about what Cohen got the money. Uh, you know, Stormy Daniels. <laughs> Excuse me. Both um, the the Playboy Playboy model cameras. All of them. I mean, both of them were alleged affairs with Trump during the campaign. <laughs> Something got you. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it did. You sneeze like crazy. Uh-huh. I am sorry. The checks were signed by Cohen to prove that the money was a reimbursement. And then the checks were just very consistent with all his version of events and everything that has been, you know, brought forth. And the prosecutor, now that case, 
what is the status of that case? Is the case still like is it still in a level of prosecution with this like the Stormy Daniels part, you know, went through this whole wave with all of the uh, you know, press conferences and stuff like well, that. Well, you know, they, they, they came back they they came back and I mean she got that. She got that part of the money, but here here when she brought it up, they made her sign a gag order where she couldn't talk about it, she couldn't do any of that, right, you know, when she first got the money. But what what happened is she came back and said I'm going to tell it all. And they were like, well, we're going to sue you. But but what's hilarious, how are you going to sue me for an illegal <laughs> Right. That's when you know your how stuff you is so out of control. control. And you you working. It's, it's like the mob. <clears throat> you know, it's, it's like watching. Like right now, I'm watching Narcos on Netflix. And it amazes me how Escobar, Pablo Escobar, you revenge, you're avenging where you people have wronged you for you being a drug trafficker. And, and it, 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 I'm infringing on But it is stuff. like a mafia. You're this, infr- is, this is the White yes. House mafia. This is all that it is. It really this is. is. Incredible. It's this, crazy. This whole, if we were not living this situation, I would be like, oh my Man. God, this is the best show ever. This is the best show ever to see the corruption of the United States in collaboration with our enemies of other countries and how it's all coming together and people are lying. This is going to be the best show. Oh my God. The problem is, the problem is it's not a show. The problem is, is that the United States and American people are paying dearly for the yes. stupidity that's going on in our government. That's the, that's the thing. See, if it was just a show, we could laugh about it. We could talk about it. We could get together with friends and go, girl, did you watch last night's episode? The problem is is that we're living it. And so who's suffering for your lives? Who is suffering? You know, anyway, I digress. Continue. Continue. No, I mean. You're not going to make 29. You're, you're making a because point. Because we, we mm-hmm. got a long show. Mm-mm. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah, but, so, but overall, with $35,000 check was just one of the 11 other installments that was paid throughout the year um, for Absolutely. this. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. And, and he, then... He asked, but see, here's the thing, that Donald Trump asked, according to the testimony, and mind you, I'm not going to say according to the testimony, because according to his statement, we're going to say that one time, mm-hmm. and then we're just going to continue, because all of this is according to his statement. Whether it is true Correct. or not is is according, uh, is, is a matter of opinion, and it will be a matter of what but is, is this me? Or not but is it just but me? me? I believe everything about this. Started out speaking. He's a Trump. Trump's a racist. And I'm sitting up here looking at the TV, you know, or listening to the, the the video of him speaking and looking at the other people's response. Like, are y'all really gonna sit here and act like y'all don't know that about this dude? Like, are we really playing the game that this yes. dude doesn't do what he does? Like, I'm really going to do that when we all know that the dude... So the four talking points, it's going to take me right to that. And you know what, guys? (laughs) Our Fantastic Friday on Saturday, our wizard is on the line now with us, Sterling Powell. You know, we've been talking to Michael Cohen. Oh, my God, what a morning. We are not... We won't even go on it. We won't go on the, I mean, like, the problems you had yesterday getting 
where you're at. I just encountered a morning from H. We won't discuss it. Okay? I'm so oh, my sorry. God. I'm so sorry I'm late, but I'm here. I'm here now. It's been. But you know what? Uh, super, That's okay. It's Super Saturday. It's Super Saturday. Now. Yes. Look, it's a it's fantastic, fantastic Friday, Friday conversation on a Super Saturday. Super Saturday. Yes. I love it. <laughs> All right, so girl, we, we dive right into Michael Cohen. We dive right into uh, talking about how he had. Uh, you know, I got popcorn. We got we got twenty nine talking call points. So we're number four. We're on number four. Sterling, I wanted we're, we're to call you and say, Sterling, let's go through this thing together because it was just that good. But I was I didn't want to move once I made the popcorn during a break. I was not moving. I had to hear every single thing that this man center. So we had we started off and I know you kinda of chimed in on, on some of the points that we have already covered, but Sonny had just made a statement, producer Sonny made a statement that said, Are we really gonna play the joke in the game as if we didn't know this man was a racist? And then we didn't know he was a liar, that we didn't know he was a liar. So that's where we are. So chime in on that. Yeah. So the fourth talking point of Michael Cohen's testimony. Mr. Trump did not directly tell me to lie to Congress, but that's that's not how he operates. He was clearly disputing that he was instructed to lie. And that the special counsel Robert Mueller's office released that statement shortly after it was published. So Cohen is saying, look, this guy will give you He'll be it's fun. he'll be very direct about certain things, and then he'll give you some by the way, like you know how um, uh, what's his name uh, Marx back in the the early 1900s, Groucho is it Groucho Marx? Wow. Karl Marx, Karl Marx, Karl Marx, yes, and he had that infamous beautiful mustache similar to our Wizard Sterling, but he was very animated with his his facial expression and stuff, right? And you know how somebody mm-hmm. is like saying, um, you know I'm going to come and see you, right? Right? And they're making this implication of their face like, you get it. You know I'm going to come. And, and, and so when Michael Cohen was saying that, I just could envision Donald Trump sitting like an idiot saying, you making a comment, you know, I really don't know if we're going to talk about the Russians, but, you know, we re- I really don't do things with the Russians, you know. He's just that kind of idiot to me. And I can only imagine how his briefings in the White House look and, and feel with the staff. And I know a lot of times they have to look at each other. Is this really our president? We just went from President Barack Obama and the intelligence that leveled in space to a complete Oh, my God. Idiot. So beautiful. I know they have to mm-hmm. sit there and just be thinking, like, Damn, am I getting punked? That's just well, yeah, what I felt like, when he made that think, statement. I, I would think that they... Uh, I, it, it's like, oh, well, I feel like I'm being punked. I mean, mm-hmm. I just, the mm-hmm. days that I wake up and I read the day, you know, what's happened the day before, and I'm like, this can't be my reality at this the This can be story. It's kids. This man cannot be sitting in the same Such a prestigious place seat. that Abraham no. Lincoln sat, that FDR 
exactly. Franklin Delano mm-hmm. Roosevelt. But you know that Obama's. I just cannot believe that following Obama, as much as they want to attack Obama and everything, that this man is such a like. It's like Cohen says, he's a con man. He's a liar. All these mm-hmm. things. Yes. It, it, okay, have we ever, and I cannot remember in my 39 plus years in him, uh, <laughs> that. Uh, there it is. He, <laughs> he didn't tell me to lie. I have my legs crossed and my fingers. I'll tell you that if I hint, hint, Lord, you know. <laughs> oh, God. But anyway, moving on from my lying. <laughs> Jesus. Well, okay. You know what? That's a perfect example, Sterling. That's a perfect example, and I'm glad that we give a, like, you know, because what what people are saying, well, Cohen is a liar, and how can we believe him, and da da da. And I said before you came on the show, is when you get caught up in the lie, right, and you are coerced into a lie. Sometimes you don't even know you are getting ready to lie, or that you have agreed to the lie until it's happening. You just made a, a statement that many of us. Uh, say about our age, I'm 16 plus, I'm 39, I'm 21. Okay, it's an innocence that we have adapted to, right? We have adapted mm-hmm. to it. When it's you okay. are getting paid, yeah. when you're getting paid thousands of dollars and that first hit comes that I'm 39 plus and you're going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and in the back of your mind you're going, now I know Sterling is not 39, right? But you, you go right. along with it. When you do that, he might be forty. He might be forty. He might. He might be forty. I give him that. I give him that. But (laughs) when you do this over and over every single day, and you do that for ten years, even if you don't want to do it, it's automatic. It becomes automatic. I see my okay. You guys know, have known me for years, and like, let's say somebody like Robin or Miss Alicia that's been been with me, like you said, ten years plus. You know, Alicia. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. mean, teasing about the twenty, about the thirty nine years. You know, Miss Alicia has mm-hmm. actually been with me. You know, like twenty some years plus. Okay. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Then she's going. Okay, she's going to perpetuate the lie too. Exactly. That's exactly she's going what to, I've been she's trying to say. Yes. When you guys know, I'll say that I'm 39 plus. It is a perfect example. I'll say I'm 39 plus. You will giggle and agree to it. Alicia will giggle and agree to it. Sonny mm-hmm, will giggle mm-hmm. and agree to it. So now we've all agreed to my lie is my reaction. Exactly. We all lie. Exactly. So that may be a perfectly innocent lie. It may be. It may be. It may not mm-hmm. be. There's a guy may mm-hmm. lie about my age is not innocent. But that may mm-hmm. be a perfectly innocent lie. But when you're dealing with the security of a nation. Yes. And a, and yes. a people. And a population. And when mm-hmm. that same nation. And it's people really affect the reality of the of the entire planet 
then those mm-hmm. lies may not be as innocent as me thinking right. about my age. Right, right. And it's no longer a laughing matter. It's no longer a, a innocent joke. You know what I'm saying? And, and this is what I always imagine. I That's always imagine the, the jab guys even, get together and laugh and joke in office about health care, uh, laugh and joke about global warming, laugh and joke about innocent children, and, and all of the laws that matter. To, and this is what I was saying before you came on, Sterling. I said, this whole episode... Like you said, you wake up and look at the things from the day before. I sometimes have to just turn off my notifications on my phone and my iPads and different things because it's not just the day before. We have more breaking news about this government in a day than we have breaking news in a year about most things. In one day, this man has changed his life. And it's just it's nonstop lies and scandals. It is. It's like, how is this okay? I mean, it's like, this, like you said, sir, this is government. This is this is such a high level of society that there yeah. is no way you should be able to come. You're not going to go to the UK and go to England and go and go go and, and disrespect the palace. It is not gonna happen. The gold, the guards uh, uh, uh. will stop you. Matter of fact, the citizens will beat you down before you even yeah, get to the, the gate. The I mean, it, it, I just Come cannot on, believe man. the tolerance. My tolerance is out of control. I can't believe that we have become. And you guys may give me some insight on this. Because I've been actually discussing this with my friends. Where has our culture, our populace, us, us, where have mm-hmm, we become mm-hmm. so disenchanted and disconnected from the government that we are allowing it to just operate out of control and, and run them up okay mm-hmm. and run them up? Exactly. exactly. Where do we? Where? Mm-hmm. Where do we? Where do we just think that it's going to put itself back, that Humpty Dumpty is going to put themselves back together as we continue to go to, you know, we run around and spend our money and and think it's exactly. all okay. And everything's so Jazzy, come back together. And Sterling, this is so funny. Jazzy, remember about a week or so ago, we were just talking about there is so, like the 2020 election right now, and you know there's so many people that pissed that people are taking action. It's like it's like one of those things, like the floodgates have opened for candidates. And where, mm-hmm. where there's mm-hmm. good in that, there's also confusion in that, and there's good intention behind the aspect of the of the movement of people and the the motivation. But at the same time, the divisiveness that we can see. So it's like it's like okay, I bamboozled you. And we find the bamboozlement, we experience the bamboozlement, but then we go right back in the cycle of the new elections of these offices, and we're like falling right back into the same place, like we didn't already have a history and a learning experience from it. You know what I mean? Can I tell and you? So, can I tell you my? Can I say my opinion about it? Do you remember yeah, um, learning about 
you remember the gold rush, or at least learning about it. None of us are old enough for the actual gold rush. But learning about the gold rush and how, and how people were really just, oh, my God, there's gold there. Somebody found something shiny, and all of a sudden you found it was gold, and you understood that gold had value and worth. Well, you had so many people migrating and rushing to find the gold, find the gold. I mean, it was taking over cities, and, and people were arguing and fighting, and because i got to be the next person to find the biggest gold, the most gold, and become the richest of the richest. In the process, you had a whole bunch of people that were finding fake gold, you know, and exactly. that's why we get everything that glitters is not gold. Right, mm-hmm. and so you have all you have one group of people that understand the, you know, have done the research and know what actual gold looks like, and so they it's know conscious. what to search for, they know what to pick out, and they know what to throw away. But then you have a whole other group that says, "I don't believe them. I don't. I don't. I know this is gold because look at it." Okay, so you have all the loyalists that I'm, I'm gonna say this, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way. I just mean it in a factual way. You have the ignorant people, and when I say ignorant, mm-hmm. I mean those that really just don't know. Okay, I don't right. mean it in a slang ignorant. You have the ignorant right. um, gold diggers that are rushing after Trump that says he's shiny, he said these great things, and so therefore he's real gold. And I hear people telling me, no, let me show you what real gold looks like. Let me show you what a great leader looks like. Let me show you what it should be. Let me show you how democracy should work. And that ignorant person is saying, no, he's shiny. He looks good. He sounds good. He promised us. And so I don't Mm -hmm. care what you say because you're probably one of those shysty people who's trying to trick me out of my good thing. Right? right? Then you have the mm-hmm. other people who have run into real gold and they want to keep all the gold for themselves. So right. I'm going to come over here. I'm not going to tell you where the real gold is. I'm going to keep throwing you the dust. And I might even throw in a few little pieces of some real gold in the dust. Those are the people, the loyalists with Trump presently. They want to make all the money. They don't care that they're hurting anybody. They're going to feed you a little tiny crumb to show you I will give you some food, but I'm never going to give you the whole cake because I am the one who wants to prosper, right? I want to be the most successful at any cost. Those are the people that we have in office, and those are the supporters. So when we're saying we can't believe that they're sitting there like they don't know the truth, of course they know the truth. But they get impaired. It's, it's, it's permissible. They don't want to lose permissible and they don't, they don't want to right. lose their money. Are you kidding what? me? It's, Michael, let me really. Can you guys explain to me how we allow? I mean, I'm, I, and I, I, I'm Mitch, uh, what's his name? I got, now I'm having a brain fart. The head of the Republicans at, in Congress, Mitch McConnell. Mitch, Mitch, Mitch McConnell, mm-hmm. How to mm-hmm. me he should be to me he should be strung out in front of the Capitol. <laughs> Put a guillotine I, on him, man. The guillotine. Exactly. Revive the guillotine. It's so, it's so funny 
that I was thinking the other day that now there's times when you wonder how things happened in history. But with yes. what's right. going on right, right now, with what's going on right now, I see how the French Revolution happened and they stormed right. the palace. Right, exactly. I can see it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because you can, you can I, have a civil war as a trigger. Right. My friend Victor in Venezuela right now is is trapped, and and his father yes. is ill, and they can't get mm. medicine for him. And uh, you know, and this is why the people of Venezuela are finally. It's so bad there now that they're in the streets. And, you know, and this man, the, the dictator's days are definitely numbered. But, and, and I actually hope that we don't get to that kind of situation in this country because I right. see us falling in into, you know, their A dictatorship. Are saying, the pence in them are attacking the the uh, Democrats and socialists when they're the closest thing to a, a nationalist socialist party, the Nazis, mm-hmm. that I've seen in my entire lifetime. Yes. I mean, yes. Pence yes. and them with his rhetoric of, of, you know, and hiding behind Christianity, hiding behind it. This is the other thing, mm-hmm. Sonny, that you and Jazz here talk, that they hide behind these yes. plot- that amaze me. It just it, it yeah, just the mask. The mask. But Sterling, they've always yeah. kept behind that. But it's just bold. It's just that they've been positioned into another stage of power that allows them to manipulate even more. Like this, like it, mm-hmm. it just makes no sense that you would allow like Donald Trump to sit in this position, and it's not. And this is the part where people are challenged and say that my vote doesn't matter because they stole the election. They manipulated and did everything in their power to get the position to put him in. Now, one of the things I want to do, we, we're on five, well, number five, and we can we can either stay on touch on the talking point and then talk off on them. That's what basically we've been doing, Sterling. Um, if if we're gonna you know stay on the path with the Michael Cohen. Um, yeah, but we're we're not going to be testimony out of these things. No, we're, no, 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 no. I know, I know we won't. I know we won't. But but well, I think like Michael number seven. Is, this isn't going along. Along. I agree with what the press is saying uh, right now. Is that this testimony is just the tip of the iceberg? I don't think. Oh that, my God! Yes. I don't think this is going away right now. I think that this oh, may no. be going to be un- if if. Like what Sonny said, I mean, Jazzy said that the his followers get hit by their tax, their their taxes, and find out that mm-hmm. he lied, mm-hmm. and that was a lie too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, now, now, because yeah, now, right now, people, people are being taxed. Wait, yeah. As people find taxes this year, they're going to find out there was no tax saving. They're going to see this mm-hmm. stuff going on on TV, and some, some, not all of them. I agree with Jazzy. Not all of them are are going to open their eyes and and crawl out from under their their. And it's their own ignorance. It's not that they're ignorant with an education. 
as as Jazzy was explaining. It's their ignorance mm-hmm. of being blind to certain things. Because I'm ignorant. Mm-hmm. There's times that I'll make statements, and I know it's it's my ignorance of not having the knowledge that I haven't opened mm-hmm. my eyes exactly. to find the knowledge exactly, and being exposed uh, to it, right? Exactly. And, and right now we are are in our. I don't know where we let this happen. And when you ask somebody, I was with uh, four guys uh, a few days ago, and two of them were were in their twenties. They could care mm-hmm. less. They and what I'm right. saying, they could care right. less what's happening in Washington D.C. Right. Because and everybody's that's the over it. that we had. Yeah. And, and, and this is the part Everybody's I was just so saying old. that people struggle with the fact of saying that how do we navigate something like this and where do I put my care when people are allowed to do whatever they want to do? And it, 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 it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of going against itself because you do that are coming up now and saying they want to run president. I think you said, Jazzy, it was on 200 different candidates. No, at one time I saw a post. I saw a post that 500 people had um, put in their application to run. Now, what will happen with that is you can, you know, anybody can put it in, but then when they have to screen you to see if you are even in a position to do it is when it starts coming down to, like, okay, it's 50 people, it's 25, 3, or whatever. And then the Democratic Party, liberal, Republican, or whatever, has to make you their candidate doesn't mean that you still can't run. It just means once right. a person backs you, once a party backs you, then generally if you are stating you are a Democrat, you generally or a Republican or whatever, you generally go after who the party has elected to be their representation. Well, they that Trump, Trump is going to try to manipulate and move things to get Bloomberg or, uh, Sonny, or Bernie Sanders to run as a third party. That the way that Trump knows that he will get reelected is if there's a third party and it's somebody that can pull enough votes away from uh, the, Demo- the Democrats um, that, and but not be able to pull enough that he'll he'll steal the election again. And mm-hmm. uh, and then you've got and then again, this is who's in charge of our election process. His administration. Right. It's now right. in charge. It's, it's just like Georgia, like our governor yeah. in Florida, like how the Georgia and the Florida governor races were just highly unethical, unprecedentedly yeah. uh, <laughs> man- manipulated. And literally, I just found an article that was published by Vox.com yesterday about the presidential candidates that are going in for 2020. And one of the things that you were just touching on, Sterling, they're saying that Hoover emerges to Trump, who has already raised $100 million, already right now, for re-election to a second term. And it says, recent history tells us America's usually the president's another four years. And that should lend Trump an advantage. But the president has been un- historically unpopular during his first term and the U.S. economy, mm-hmm. typically at the top of voters' minds, has stumbled lately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, right now, that you know, it's, look at the, the timeline of how all these things are happening right now. In the core time period for re-election for him, 
as well as how much more is going to affect Republican parties and the scrutiny of the uh, processes that are being taken and handled with these elections. You know, I I just, I don't Mm -hmm. really know how we can better um, deal with certain things because you go from the paper ballots, the paper ballots are manipulated, disappears like that. You go to the electronic system, like here in Georgia, we had a sitting governor, we had a sitting Secretary of State Secretary of manipulating State. manipulating the entire voter system. I had never seen how you're sitting up here stealing your position over the electoral process in a state and you're running actively for the governor's seat. And wonder why we allow that. it's stolen and allow it. That's it. That's the, that's that the overall thing. That what shows Sterling my mind. Said, how can we it's the same question that we're all wondering. How have we gotten so despondent that we are allowing it as an entire nation? This is not Georgia or Florida. It's not, you know, Idaho or, or Nevada. It's an entire nation. The United States as a whole yes. conglomerate has allowed this person to stay in office. Now, mind you, Let's just say, I always try to say, if we have a million people, of course we have more, but if we have a million people and you have 100,000 people saying this is ridiculous, that oftentimes is just not enough because you're having to pull through all of the other people to get to the real truth, to get to what, um, you understand what I'm saying? So. How yes. is it that yeah, all of the rest of the 900,000 people is standing back and allowing it? And I, and I and think if you have, have 10,000 people, now the interesting thing, you can have 100,000, like let's just say, that are just voicing opinions. But then mm-hmm. if you have 10,000 that are actively active and getting out mm-hmm. there, like what happens with the Trump supporters, or the, I will say the evangelicals. Let's say they're yes. active. They make sure that they're yes. out there. They're knocking on doors. They're passing out yes. flyers. They do propaganda at their churches. I yes. can tell you yes. firsthand by attending a, a couple of these, because you know how I'm Mr. Investigative Reporter. You right, cannot right. believe how right now I could put on our Facebook page pamphlets being passed out that br- that blur state and religion inside the church right right now getting ready wow for yes. wow and, and you and know what Sterling you would see it better it's put out by the Billy Graham Foundation yes which yes. we well, that's everybody but you know what? but you know, you know how Sterling? the world thinks the Billy you Graham a statement you made a statement just now that I think a lot of us forget. Even if you don't, you know, back in the day, church was the foundation. You just knew, I don't care what color you were, if you lived in America, unless you had come to America with a different um, religion, because we are a melting pot. But because the United States is built on, and we trust in God on a Christian principle, is what the United States is based upon. So church is a foundational um 
a foundational uh, idea and belief that we have in the United States. Not mad about it. It is my belief as well. Grew up with it, though I have added to, and I have um, subtracted some things that I don't uh, think was what God had in plan for our lives. That's just me. It's not my own belief. Nevertheless, what right. we forget and what you just brought up is think about from the beginning of time when you had religious Christian quote unquote ideology. Everybody, I don't care if you slept with Mary yesterday, if you killed a goat, if you stole some things on Sunday, Saturday, or Sunday, depending on what they, you know, the service or worship was, you were going to church. And in church, the message was going to be about how you should live a wonderful life, treat your neighbor right, not steal, not sleep with Mary, not steal the goat. Every Sunday. And then you were going to have things like now on Wednesday, we're having the potato fest, and um, Brother John is going to be doing so-and-so. The influence of church was about what was going on in everyday lives, in everyday community. As the church developed, as the world developed, more information of community came into the church. The reason why they developed the separation of church and state is because of this. Because when you went to church, you were told who to vote for, how to vote, not to vote, depending on what color you were when slavery started. You were told everything to do in church. So when they said, you know what, we need to kind of separate this whole church and state, meaning we need to separate the fact that we're going to worship and we're going to feel good and we're going to learn how to be godly people and good people, we need to have just that talk in church and not people coming to tell us who to vote for. That was the main reason of the division of church and state, because people were being influenced. So here we are today, 2019, nobody separates church and state. You still yeah. have um, you still have senators and congresspeople and different people going to these churches every Sunday, and they come to the pastor and say, Pastor, I'm not going to push them that they must vote for me, but do you mind me telling them that I'm running? And if they would show up to the town hall meeting and just, you know, put in a few things in front of the people. Well, if I love you as my Pastor Sterling, I see Pastor Sterling every Sunday. We talk about things. He prays over my family. He, you know, he comes to see me when I'm sick. We have the bake sale, whatever. If Pastor Sterling is putting Congresswoman elect Sonny in front of me, who am I going to trust? Right. I'm going to trust what we're Pastor trust Sterling Pat, told me. Pat, we're going to trust yep. Pastor Sterling and, and vote for Sonny. Because for one thing, we don't remember names. We barely remember the names of the the people running when we get into the box. I was just about to say, this is when you see the most people, you're like, well, who is this? And you you, you never heard of them. And and you challenge the picture of, okay, what was your activity prior to you, you know, electing to, to put your name into the hat? That you it. know, it's so funny. That's right. Thing. I just, um, matter of fact, hold on. I want to share this with you guys. So literally, <clears throat> I was just looking at some of the candidates that have um, actively, like you know, the most popular. I'm gonna just kind of touch on a few of those. The most popular candidates that we are more familiar with, like uh, Senator Bernie Sanders in Vermont. He's already, um, he's he's primarily one of the biggest grassroots bases. 
out of a lot of the potential candidates. He's been a leader that's pushed, you know, forward. This is his second time coming again. Um, and I think this is a different race from the first time, you know, when he, he decided that he wanted to step in. Of course, his big issues that he likes to push is like Medicare for all, right? Um, well, that's Senator like, Camilla that's Harris. Like pension and like tackling with socialism already. They call that socialism. Say it again, Sarah. Well, that's why they're already going after him. Keep going, keep going. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, uh, Senator Camilla Harris from California, Democrat, former California Attorney General. Uh, you know, as soon as she got into the Senate in 2017, there was a lot of hype and uh, attention to her. Um, of course, she's a younger black woman uh, who is a lot of the personification of what the Democratic Party's changing nature is. She endorses Medicare for All like Bernie Sanders. She's proposing a major middle class tax credit, which is, is which is hugely important uh, because I think that we've gotten to a point, and I've been saying this for years, that I think we've been headed back to a nomadic time of peasants and nobles. It's not even anymore oh. about race. This is about class, you know, class, and, and it's the economics, the have and the have not. It's all money. It's all, I, exactly. It's all, it's money. all money. It really, it doesn't really. It's money and position. For one, for one thing, we are such a cinnamon race in this country anyway. You know, we're, instead mm-hmm. of being white or black, we're really, there's, the, there's such a vast majority that are just kind of cinnamon I, or, or a brown. That I, but then it's still so divided by money and and class and 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 education. Sterling, can you, Jazzy, can you hear Sterling? Okay. Um, yeah, I can hear Sterling. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Sterling. I'm but, sorry. Right? Sorry, you breaking up a wander now. In that money, in that money mm-hmm. system, don't forget education. The dummy. That's right. Dummy That's up. right. It may right, not all be. It may not all be totally. It is by money because you can't have the education without the money to get the education in this country. But the fact that right. we become a uneducated, we are, we have fallen so far behind so many nations with our education that economically, education wise, this country is becoming like you said. Basically, the haves and the have-nots. I believe you. The have and have-nots. You're absolutely right. You know, the the, the thing is, I I was saying with Camilla Harris as a prosecutor, um, former prosecutor with that aspect, progressive grassroots, um, they may not be as favorable of her, um, but she is definitely a high forerunning contender. Senator Elizabeth Warren, who's out of Massachusetts, who's also a Democrat, um, she's another senator, always been very proudly about being progressive, and she wants to lean toward capitalism rather than replacing it. She wants to fix capitalism rather than replace it. She wants to outflame Trump on trade, give work seats on corporate boards, um, tax the extreme wealthy. And she started out very early in Iowa, in early states, and you may also have known or heard about her releasing a DNA test to prove that she has Native American roots. Um, so I think that's something directed towards Trump's Pocahontas taunt oh, that yeah, he's, you know, geared toward her. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Of which they they did discover during that DNA test that she had none. <laughs> and her argument yeah. was, I I didn't because they said she lied. What ended up happening was she said I didn't lie. If I was told that from a child up, it's just like the majority of black people will say, Oh yeah, my grandmama was Cherokee, or I got some Indian in my blood. <laughs> we all right. That's a very common thing. Somewhere yeah. along those. Somewhere along the line, we heard these things as a child, and so we grew up in it. So, um, but in that DNA, she was proven not to have Native American blood. But yeah. I mean, we're all told that. I, I, you know, you and I both know that from what I've heard in my background is that I have Creole. You know, we've talked about mm-hmm. that. I'm literally, mm-hmm. I'm about mm-hmm. as white as you. When you look at me, I'm about as pure white as the driven snow. But I've been, uh, at, you know, uh, since I was a child, that we had uh, a, rel- a relative that had married in Louisiana, uh, a Creole woman, and that, that, you know, from there on, our our family had Creole in our background. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, who do, what do you want to say? Do I know that for a fact? Do I know that for a fact? Fact, it's basically family history mm-hmm. or family. Uh, what would you say? Uh, mythology, to, to folklore, a family mythology. Right, right, right. Exactly. Now, exactly. Beyond, her, beyond her, we got Cory Booker coming out of New Jersey, Democrat, yes. former Newark mayor, mm-hmm. part-time firefighter, big on things like saving accounts for newborns. He's running with the Democratic Party. Definitely has a large quantity uh, of black voters that would lean to him. Um, he's worked, his career has been promoting charter schools, which is definitely not mm-hmm. a favorite for teachers' unions. And mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of times it's also his impression that he's close with Wall Street. So, you know, that can be a turning point for that. Senator Kristen uh, Gillibrand out of New York, Democrat, has evolved over from a centrist Democrat in the House to a progressive who has endorsed Medicare for all and a universal paid family leave, right? Um, she's also mm-hmm. cracked down on sexual assault in the military, present herself as a young mom in tune with the Me Too era movement and a Democratic woman who powered the party um, in wins of the 2018 midterms. So she was a big part of that part. Um, it's it's so know, many. Why? It's so many. Like, yes. so many. Where's the yeah, guy yeah, well, the fair, the young, the first gay candidate, Pete? Pete, but there's a gay yeah, candidate. Yeah, what's his name? Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, Pete, Buddy Gay or something like that from South Bend, Indiana. He's a yeah. mayor. He's something mm-hmm. he's he's mayor, like a yeah. viral political star. He's leading the city just 100,000 people. South Bend is small. It's outside of um, Indianapolis, Elkhart. Um, he's a military veteran and a Rhodes Scholar. And he would be considered the first openly LGBTQ president in American history. He's big on redevelopment and infrastructure projects, which have been uh, staples for his tenure as a mayor. Um, I really don't know how long he's been mayor in South Bend. Um, you also have a gentleman by the name of Andrew Yang, who's in a humanitarian mind. I found this to be very interesting. I was looking this up. A humanitarian-minded entrepreneur who's also served under the Obama administration. His policy of his platform is running. Um, um, uh, he wants to input imp, a universal basic income 
that would pay out a thousand dollars a month to every American over the age of eighteen. You know, different countries um, that that exercise. I believe Finland is one. I remember when I was in France that um, uh, some 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 of the guys that I met um, that was playing professional basketball with me in France uh, on our men's team. I remember meeting uh, one of the guys' friends. Um, that lived in this apartment, come find out the apartment building was considered like housing, where we would consider like probably we would say, well, people. Uh, You're going uh, in and out. You're going, I don't know what's going on with your mic. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I, I'm with you. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Uh, Jasmine? Yes. Sterling, I hear you. Bob, I can hear you. something wrong with your mic. You said, so you, you're fine. Sonny, you're okay, going in and out. It's not us. Yeah, now yeah. you're okay, try, but you, you're the one. Yeah, try to get yeah. Oh, okay, Go ahead. I'm sorry. So I was, I was saying that the universal basic income, I think that that's a, you know, that, that the, I think that is an influential thing from Europe. The U.K. has something like a, a basic citizen's income. Just think, you know, Jazz, we, you can recall I, I shared this with you before. I think that's a great idea um, because a country of our wealth and magnitude, there should be no poverty the, our homelessness is, is a huge issue um yeah you know it, it makes no tolerable sense i remember four years ago when i was in europe and i did a study abroad program in france uh the host um i think the first couple of days i got to the country in strasbourg i was sitting down with one of the hosts and we were talking about homelessness and i asked her about some community uh, things that may have been going on that Jazzy uh, and I could be involved in because I knew Jazzy was going to be flying over within a few weeks and we wanted to do some outreach and you know just kind of get our hands in the mud of things to be of assistance you know to whatever uh, homelessness mm-hmm. or some things of that nature um, in right. that area and, and when I tell you conference. Yeah. yes and so at that moment she said to me she said you know Sonny in France we have a very little level of homelessness. She said it's nothing like compared to what we experience know of in the U.S. She said because in France, we take care of our citizens. And, you know, all I could do was just sit there and look at her like, damn. You know, it, it, it is absolutely sad. Well, yeah, it's interesting it because, you know, I'm getting ready to go back to Colombia and my one mm-hmm. girlfriend was like, I was showing pictures, and, and then I was with my friend, um, with, who's very, a, a highly educated lawyer, and he says to me, you know, I'm going to claim ignorance, right, not having the mm-hmm. knowledge. He said, so mm-hmm. are there people in homeless, are there homeless running, you know, the, is, how's the, the poverty? And I said, mm-hmm. oh, there's yes. definitely... There's definitely a high level of poverty still in Colombia. But the interesting thing is their family structure. That's right. You do, not, right. You do mm-hmm. not see the homelessness. You do not see them out yeah. in the streets homeless. If it is, it's almost like the whole family would be there. Right. I can see, believe that's it. the difference than, than what is, has happened here. In uh, America, we have gone, and I told Sonny this the other day, when you lose the sense of community, and when I say community, back in the day, you had neighborhoods, 
Now we have subdivision. See, it's a difference. Mm-hmm. It's a difference in a subdivision and a neighborhood. Neighborhoods, mm-hmm. I cared about my neighbor. I, I went next door. I didn't see Sterling for two days straight, come to his mailbox, walk the dogs, and come back in. I was already over at his house saying, Sterling, are you okay? I didn't see you out this morning. Did, did you fall? Right. Do you, are you sick? That's the community. That's the neighborhood. That means I care about what's happening to my neighbor. It, not the Miss Kravitz syndrome, not that I'm in your business watching you <laughs> like I have nothing else to do but to sit and watch you. But because we are a community, I do pay attention that there is a difference. There's a truck in your yard that has been there for seven days, and I haven't seen you for seven days, and then the truck left and I still haven't seen you. Um, I'm going to need to call the police. See, that's care. Yeah, that's exactly. Well, my, the community that I live in, which is, you know, is, is not only is it a certain age bracket, which is that 30, that, that age bracket. That 39 plus. They, 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 <laughs> we, everybody here, if we don't see, if we don't see somebody, then someone checks on them. That's it. Right. It's a courtesy. Yeah. It's a right. Somebody will say, oh, um, you know, are you, and then if we do see them, they're immediately like, oh, how was Willanda? Or have you seen mm-hmm. Dennis? Or have you mm-hmm. seen mm-hmm. Cookie? Or have you seen right. Sterling? You know, where, mm-hmm. you know, immediately there's a concern. How are you feeling? We have, mm-hmm. your, your, and, and the other thing, along with losing neighborhoods, We've lost the family structure. The structure. That's it. Yes. That's yes. It. Between, those two, between those two structures having been, having kind of disappeared or not be as prominent. They, I, um, because my friend, that the same friend, that, that my male friend that I was talking to said that there's plenty of families that's still out there. But I just don't think they're as prominent or the numbers are as large as it it used to be it used to be the norm, not the it, not the minority. It was the majority. Now I feel that families yes. are the minority. And that and, I and think that, so. Yeah. I, I mean I would say that the and I'm not, I would say that it's a minority. Minority that yeah, uh, I think so. the average think that the so. average ch- child is raised by the father, the mother, and in a family structure. I I would think it's a minority. It's very seldom, very seldom is it uh, grandparents. Remember, you know, we all are of age where we grew up. Unless they had passed young, we grew up, but we had grandmothers there. We had grandfathers there, uh, whereas the children now don't have grandparents involved. And if they are, um, like my grandkids, our grandkids are stretched in three different states. I'm the type of grandparent that says, um, I'm on my way. You have a what? Right. A school play? I'm on my way. You having a lunch at 12 o'clock? I'm on my way, Colorado, Miami, and in Massachusetts. I am on my way. Simply because I grew up when my grandparents were involved in my life. At least yeah, on my mother's side. Like Absolutely. They came to the, yes. They came to your school yes. plays. They came they, to, they came they to your school plays. 
They were mm-hmm. there to see you in your Halloween when when Halloween happens. They were there to see you in your Halloween costume. They That's were, you it. know, or they called, or they called you, or they sent a letter, and they and they said, okay, baby, make sure you send Grandma or Nana or, or Papa or whatever you will call. Make sure to send me a picture so that I can put it up on the refrigerator, so that I can put it right. in my room. You know, we had those structures where children knew that even if I didn't see you all the time, I know I'm loved. Or we had auntie or uncle or TT. We had those older um, family members were a part of our everyday life, whereas children yep. and family units don't have that. And so everybody is on an island and everybody's thinking of themselves and nobody's thinking about each other. So if, if Sonny and I are sick in the house hungry, we're just going to die. Because who's going to come and look after us in our family unit? This is why it is so important to have the non-DNA family. It is extremely important to have community family, um, church family, LGBT family. And and people wonder, why. well, why why do you say in the LGBTQ community, oh, yeah, Heath family, Sterling's family, Jazzy's family, Sterling's family, it's because a lot of times when you don't have family acceptance and love that surrounds you with you being LGBTQ and or different or uniquely you, you, you form a community, a family that accepts you for being yourself. So whatever your, your dynamic of family is, is what creates community. It was, it's what right. keeps people from exactly. being homeless on the streets. Because <laughs> you say, exactly. well, I have an extra room. Come and stay in my house. Let's work together, build you up. It also can help me. And then you get a house and go your way. You know what I'm saying? Well, you I see that in Colombia, Africa. I have a prime example of that going on right now. A girlfriend of mine is facing with her husband. Uh, they mm-hmm. have, she's, the, she's a little bit older, but he is uh, now falling into Alzheimer's early. And I'm saying early on. I mean, he's young. Oh, and wow. the, level of care, the level of care that he's going to need um, is, is more than she can handle almost already. It's almost, you know, because it's, it's becoming 24 24 yeah, hours rough. a day. It's rough. Mm-hmm. And, and to be it's able to get that love. Now, now, here's an interesting part of this when we're talking about DNA family versus blood family. Her blood, her boys, her son, do not like, because he is not their birth father, do not mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. her husband. And they're not going to care for him if anything happens to mom. All right. And we just had this conversation about the DNA. This is so funny. About who's going to take care of her husband if something, you know, something happens mm-hmm. to her. Mm-hmm. She, she's, you know, six, she's approaching 70 years old. And anything can happen. You guys know that. And it, really, anything can happen at, at any age. I mean, right. I lost my, I lost, I lost little Myron at at, at eighteen. So yeah, you know, yeah. you have to be prepared. 
for anything that, and here she is because she, like I said, already because she loves him, her her caring for him is taking up 24 hours a day, and she's not That's worried it. about herself. She's not worried about herself. She's worried about her blood children not taking care of her second husband because they don't like him and reaching out, reaching out. She's reaching out to her DNA family to say, will you let give me, how can we structure my will to take care of the two of us if my own children won't take care of us? Because she's anticipating her, she's anticipating that her own children would not take care of her and her husband the way she wants to be taken care of. She would want to be. Wow. Mm -hmm. And I think me and I think Jazzy, Sunny, and I will tell the public that we, as you know, as as gays and lesbians, we face this more often than not that our births you know, our birth families may not take care of us. Right. You know, and that's exactly right. We see this more often than Yeah, people don't realize how you ostracize. They hear stories, but until you live it, until you have, um, like, unfortunately, my mom just passed, and, um, you know, we went through our moments, and we didn't often have the best relationship and we had you know moments of joy here and there throughout my 51 years of living but you know when you have a parent say to you you're dead to me because you love a woman you love a man or or whatever my mother actually wrote a letter to me to say that you're dead to me a living child a living child not a living child that causes corruption that destroys the community that harms people that's right. murdered somebody, that's taken a life, that you know, swindled people. That, but a living, loving child is dead to you. Now, being a parent who has who has had the horrendous opportunity to, to bury a child, I said to my mother, "How dare you say to a living child when she and I both have buried a child? You don't say that, yeah, that was to rough. a child, but we've had those we've had those experiences." That we've had to face, we've had to take it in, absorb it, still love ourselves through the process, still, still pick, mind you, I can have everybody in the world say, you know, she doesn't mean that, you know, you are a wonderful person, but I had to go through that, and I had to say to me, no matter how she feels, I'm worthy, I'm worthy, I'm worth it, I'm valuable. Mind you, that's and not a everybody lot of can pick well, if you go back to what you said, Jazzy, it's interesting that it's your own mother. But you almost mm-hmm. go back to what we had hit on, what you had hit on earlier that you don't like to think of your mother as being ignorant, but she was ignorant of the facts that make you who you are. Right. right. That you, exactly. like you said, right. you've done nothing. You've done nothing wrong except love somebody else. Love. Now remember, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. she's telling you you're dead to her emotions mm-hmm. because you're not conforming. You're not conforming to her Forming thoughts. Right, right. Her, her thoughts of you are because you love somebody. Mm-hmm. You haven't done mm-hmm. anything. You haven't done anything wrong except mm-hmm. love. 
That's it. You got and getting what? And, and on the note of what your friend is going through, the only reason that my mother, but see, I believe in honoring my mother. My mother said, I don't want you to come to my house anymore. You're dead to me. Well, first she said, and if you come to my house, I said, well, I, I have to do what you taught me. You taught me to honor you and obey you. Okay. And I live in my house and you live in yours. And if you say I'm dead to you, I then can't come back alive and come to your house. So you need to make a choice. Right. If I'm dead to you, I'm dead to you. And I will honor that. Well, when my mother went into her final stages of Alzheimer's and dementia, she could not remember that she just told me six months ago, three months ago, yesterday, that I was dead to her. So we had our best relationship in the last, what, babe, um, three, four years yeah, of her life. Roughly, my mother and I roughly. had the best relationship because she couldn't remember that she hated me. So I, <laughs> we had the best relationship doing all times and dementia for her. But it is a, it's a debilitating um, disease that just takes over your entire brain system and your, and your memory. So, um, so your friend is right. You have to put in place who's going to be that extended family, yeah. who's going to be that caregiver. And then Jackie and Sunny, let me tell you this. And then on top of this, let me tell you that this friend of mine, um, the, the, the second husband, uh, mm-hmm. just, just mm-hmm. for you, we'll catch up on this. It's also the money. It's very wealthy. Oh, of course, of course. Oh, wow. But it's not, and it's not. It's not her boys. It's not the mother's money. It's actually her second husband's money. And we're talking wow. about the oh, wow. So that the, and the boys are going to have the boys could right now while their mother's alive. Now he has mm-hmm. a child. He has one child. But right now, while mm-hmm. the mother's still alive, the boys would have access to declare her incompetent and get to the money. And we're talking, we're talking a great deal of money. I mean, not a That's little bit. That's so sad. You yeah. see, you see how so it crazy. all go back from family to politics. The greed of money, not money itself. Mm-hmm. The greed of money. It is what will have you destroy your family and a nation. At the end of exactly. the day, that, I mean, that's when it I is said, so corrupt, we, we don't realize how that is even being played out with these politics. And, I mean, to me, the whole reason the orange hair the hair dryer up there is doing anything is because of money and greed and his family and and the whole the whole reason we don't get to see his tax return is because this is all about uh you know Hmm. his wealth because he doesn't want to know okay when he was first put on the four 400 or when he first got people investigated other wealthy people i guess in new york like somebody like michael bloomberg who is there who is a billionaire yeah he's considered running for president too they knew yeah he's running for president too uh he they these wealthy people attacked the forbes 400 list and said there's no way he would and they were right here, he, I think that he, 
to be on the list, you had to have hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, comes it came to be found in his tax returns that really at that point he only had maybe five million dollars. Mm-hmm. But they wow. were declaring him to be the richest people in the world, you know, on the four four hundred list. So when we're talking mm-hmm. about manipulation. Yeah, well, the manipulation of false news. See, the wonderful thing Mm -hmm. that this man is doing, as he points fingers at fake news, he's the biggest person giving fake news. (laughs) Yep, yep. And we know that. But But I think he did that with the intention that he knew that his intention was going to do that and be that. And so he started creating the the, the hype of it. Right. It's no mm-hmm. different than Joseph Goebbels and Adolf Hitler. Hitler had Joseph yeah. Goebbels feed the public of Germany fake news. They constantly were pounding fake news as he was claiming that it was the news. Listen, I'm going to start calling wow. it gold dust. I'm, that's going to be my <laughs> new code. I'm going to speak in code. And, and here we go with the gold dust again. You see what I mean? Wow. Um, it's going to help me deal with it better. Right. But you know what? Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. the, the gold rush this. and the gold dust oh, go is a great uh-huh. example of the hype. You know, because yeah. it changed. It, look at how it changed California. It created, mm-hmm. you know, California because That's it, it. It, it, it's an interesting thing about the gold rush, too. It also, they talk about the way the golden state, because don't forget, that's what California is called. Right. The, 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 the spirit of the state comes from the, the 49ers. The people that mm-hmm. first inhabited the state, the, you know, when all these 49ers ran out to get to the gold dust and to the, to the gold, they were a certain mm-hmm. type of person. They were, they were, again, who would go out on a limb and believe anything. And so it created an you know, a, a different populace that, op- that occupied the state of California that supposedly right. still is there today. You know, that's why it's so right. liberal. That's why they're so progressive. That's why they're so creative. That's why they're, that populace is descended from these people that went chasing gold dust. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. Listen, I want now, I know I'm is go that, to go to that now, now, so is that to say that we just got to wait and see what happens with these Trumpers? I, I don't know. You I know what? Know. I, I think we have to keep keep an eye out on the ones that are rushing after the gold. Okay, because the, the, the gold dust people, if you remember, gold dust people killed people for their gold dust because they were so... They were so overtaken with the fact that, no, I found it, no, I found it, no, I found it, no, I found it. And so they would kill and then find out, well, what you had wasn't real in the first place. So I think we need to keep an eye out always for the loyalists because the loyalists don't care if it's gold or not gold. I'm going to believe it's gold to my dying day. You know, (laughs) they're not going to let go. I don't care. You can shine it. You can put it in all of the testing uh, liquids to show that it's not gold. They are never going to believe it. And so those are the people that you watch carefully because they will kill for it. And those are the people who are really um, 
going to rallies and out in public and attacking Well, and I don't think that the Trumpers realize that they're killing. I don't think they realize that they're killing our country. They're allowing... No, allowing, no, no, they don't. Mm-hmm. Because they, they think so. they're buying... They're buying the myth that they're making America great again. They're buying that right. myth. They're, I mean, right. They're, that's the goal. I said that's the goal. That's what right I said. Right there is the goal. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. To make America great again. You know, that's the beginning. I said that's the sadder thing. Yeah. yeah it is. Let me read this real quick, everybody. Let me read this. Okay. Real quick, it's still a it's, um, it's about Venezuela. You have brought this up, and we we kind of got off of Venezuela, but I do want to bring this up because it is a, a an important world global um, piece of news. But I don't know if any of you saw this or heard this that this was posted on on February nineteenth. Um, who was this posted by? Uh, I'll find out who this was posted by. But nevertheless. Um, Russia. See, we need to pay. We need to go back to paying attention to Russia because we keep yeah. getting in bed with Russia. And Russia has never, Russia has never been our friend ever. Right. And it's not. It's they're not friends to themselves. Even though they, I mean, it's a beautiful place and they have some great things. Every country has some great things about it. But when you are a, a, a leader that puts your people. Into situations Harm, of death sorry. and poverty. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm sorry. You can be the prettiest nation in the entire universe, but you're wrong. But nevertheless, Russia spent 300 tons of humanitarian aid to Venezuela. On the wow. one hand, that's amazing because people mm-hmm. are being helped, right? So what's the catch? <laughs> the the Venezuelan catch? president Nicholas. Maduro said that on Monday, uh, this was on the 19th of February, this was posted, that they received 300 tons of humanitarian aid um, because economically they are such You said they refused it? They received, no, they received it. Received yeah, they received it. Okay. it. Um, and the, the country has been yeah, so scared. They received, the they received the aid from Russia, but they refused our aid. Mind you, mind you, mm. listen, because, you know, anytime we aid a country, unfortunately, it's very seldom that we will aid. I don't care what country it is. If you aid a country, you want something from the country. Well, right. I was going to say, say that. I was just going to say that because the Russia sent this to Venezuela because most of their people, their residents, don't have food. Like, literally, they don't have food. You're talking about 2.5 million people have left Venezuela since 2014 because they don't have food. And the, and the inflation, of course, I know you don't I mean, have food. I have a, I have a dear, yeah. I mean, I have, a, like where I told you about Victor, I have a dear, I mean, a dear friend, and and they're, they have no food. I mean, their stores, there's no food. And what I wanted to tell you real quick, on the, on the Russian humanitarian aid, that is not going mm-hmm. to the people. I want you to realize okay. that when it gets to the country, that goes, that's why the military, the military mm. is getting that aid. Because the dictator mm-hmm. is taking mm-hmm. the aid from Russia. That's right. That's 300 right. tons of food that's coming in mm-hmm. 
and they're making a big deal about it and saying it's humanitarian aid for Venezuela. The dictator is getting that and distributing it to his loyalist people exactly. in the army. That's how he's keeping this his army him, yes. behind him. This is like what I was getting ready there's to say. There's the, catches. There's the, catches. The, there's, always, there's always a catch. And exactly. I just want exactly. you to realize that the aid coming from China, Cuba, and Russia is what is keeping that military behind the dictator. This is that's what I was going to say. Pay attention that if Russia mm-hmm. sends them something, that Russia is going to be backing this leader who is who should not be in it. He refuses to step down because he's not for the people. Any time to me, if the people, if the mass majority of people ask you to step down, if you really cared about the country, guess what you would do? Step down. Because it's the people the that way. put you in the position. And once the people stop believing in you because you have not done or cannot do what you've been asked to do, simply step down because now you are no longer a leader. So he refuses to step down. You receive things from Russia. What is Russia's goal? What is Russia's um plan of action in helping you, they're going to become the backer for the military. And once you start infiltrating all other areas of um, possession into different lands and countries, you have a stronger presence and you then have an ally. So if I'm sending you aid, when I say, hey, well, let's come against America or let's come against another country, what are you going to do? Say, okay. And don't forget, but people forget, bigger than Saudi Arabia, larger than China, larger than Russia, and larger than the U.S., Venezuela sets on the world's largest deposits of oil. They are the richest Man. oil nation in yeah. the world, and they're in poverty. And they're in poverty. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. People are starving. The and they are the richest oil nation in the world. Look at Saudi wow. Arabia versus Venezuela right now. They are the mm. richest oil nation in the world. And we have allowed this dictator to starve his people. That's a shame. And that's how you know that there's more underlining world. happening. But that's how you know that there's more behind it. Just that alone tells it. There's way more happening here because that's the issue. That oil, that Mm -hmm. oil, it's not those people. Let me tell you, those people, we see what they, we see what the people in power think of the people. It's those resources. That's a dang old shame. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, they're one of, like you said, Sterling, they're one of the largest. um, no, they are the largest. The largest. No, no, I'm saying they're one of the largest to the U.S. alone. Just to yeah. the U.S. alone, Venezuela is one of the largest suppliers to the U.S. Well, it's you see, so whoever gets in there, you know whoever gets to be their ally, is 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 it's always a we always have pawns. People need to realize. That things are very seldom done for genuine humanitarian purposes. <laughs> very, very seldom. 
very seldom. So I'm saying this to say not that it's not a good thing that we as a country do things, but when we run to do things, know that the political stance behind it is always for our gain. Who can we go to help in a, in, so that we'll have an ally? Well, I'm and, and you and both, we, every day we drive by it. We have to realize mm-hmm. that Venezuelan oil, when you drive down the street and you pass a sick coat, mm-hmm. mm, that is yeah. Venezuelan oil. That's the, I mean, look it up online. That's Venezuela. Wow. That's the national, that's the American name of their national company that owns Sitco. That's the, that's Venezuelan oil. So it's still coming into the country. Mm-hmm. We're still, mm-hmm. that is, so we're still putting money in the dictator's Excuse pocket. <coughs> wow. So like wow. you said, there's way, what's like Sonny said, there's way more behind all of this because mm-hmm. in the front in the front we're saying we support one person, but at the same time we're allowing Sitco to sell oil on the street still. That's going exactly. right back to the dictator's pocket. And guess what? And it's never going to stop. We we have become a uh, dependent um, people. We're dependent on luxury, and because we're dependent on luxury. We, we don't really care at what cost to get it. We really don't. That, and, and that's a prime, well, I was saying, remember what we were talking mm-hmm. about, the 20, right there, you just said it, uh, Jazzy. When we talk to a 20-year-old and they don't care because all they care about is making sure that they're getting their Starbucks coffee, that they can jump out of their, they can step out of their house dressed in their chemos and their, their Ralph Lauren shirts and their pants and jump into their BMW. They don't mm-hmm. care. They don't care how that, that gets here. Where did the BMW come? Where did the Sitco gas that's going to go into my BMW come from? We don't care. Yeah. We don't well, care. We've become a more conscious people. I, I think, and I know we're getting ready to, to start wrapping up, but we have some other announcements. But I do think that as a people, we have to become more conscious about little things that affect not only our tomorrow, but definitely even right now, even our today, um, we have to be more conscious. And we may not be able to cure it all or heal it all or fix it all, but we have to take a stance somewhere. Take a stance somewhere. I think today is going to be my day that I'm done with plastic shopping bags. I have got to do better and be better for our global. I mean, you know, it's funny, but you know what? Let me tell you, I was thinking about it today. We had to do something really awful this morning. Um <laughs> And we had to use the I'm not going to go into the gory details of being a dog owner um, and a mama. But um, we had to do things with plastic bags. And in my mind, I was saying, well, where do the plastics go? Mind you, I'm a, I wasn't asking like I don't know. I was simply saying, why am I still using a plastic bag? Not a recycle bag, not a biodegradable bag. But a plastic bag, and I said until, and I said I was going to say this on the show, until I Jazzy make the decision to do one thing, and then one more thing, and then one more thing to change not only my my experience, but my community and my global experience. I can't talk about anybody else. I really cannot say you shouldn't, they shouldn't, 
until I say I shouldn't. And then until I make a commitment to do it. And and it's not easy. It's not easy because we, like you said, we're so used to luxuries. And we're so used to all of these things that make our life the way it is. It's so easy. You know, when I talk again, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going back and forth to Columbia. When, my, when I talk to my friends about my life here and then look at their life there, they consider that we have such a beautiful life in this country, and we do because we have certain luxuries that we take for granted. Right. They've, they've, right. they've just been a part of our life for so long that that we don't realize the average person, the poorest person in this country is really in one ways wealthier. They're, they're almost like the middle class of some of these other countries. That's so true. That's extremely true. That's Okay, and you know what? Can I just say that this is when we become collectively unconsciously privileged. Remember I talked about it? When you're mm-hmm. consciously privileged, yes. Yes. you grow up yes. and you go to the grocery store, you have a bag, you have a bagger, you can go to the grocery store, you can drive to the grocery you have a sidewalk to go to the grocery store, you have a bottle of water, it's clean, it doesn't make you sick. See, I'm unconsciously doing what I've done since I was a child and now an adult because I don't know that in other countries, unless I go to the other countries or I become aware of the other countries, um, issues of not having all of the things that I'm privileged to have. That's unconscious privilege. Once I become conscious of it, I do a little better, and then I do a little better, and then I do a little better. And that's how we change our world, is to become conscious of it to the degree of changing things that don't work for me and our entire global community. Because it's not just about me. It's not just about how well it's happening for me. What can I do in this present moment to change my environment so that not only my local environment is changed, but my global environment changes? And the whole spectrum of how we deal with things is different. I'm going to end it on that note because I know we got to go to commercial. And um, this has been fabulous for me so far. And when but we I know come we're going to come back. We, when we come back, can we talk about the Renaissance step? Yes. Oh, no, yes. no, no, yes, no, that's no, 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 guys. We got two minutes. So, Sterling, go ahead and talk to the Uh-oh. Renaissance Festival yes. and wrap it on up. Yes. 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 Since we have, you know, been really doing good with our contest, is I will just reach out to anybody that re-listens to this or sees anything. I will be posting on my Facebook page and sharing the links with the girls and Loudmouth Rate, the network itself, is how to get some tickets from us. Because we are into March. We've got four or five weeks here that we've got tickets available for. And the biggest thing, Patty's Day, is at... Um, the Renaissance Festival, and we're happy to share these tickets. So, um, and it's a wonderful, as Jazzy and Sunny and I have told you guys, it is a wonderful experience. It gets you outside of your norm and to go have fun. 
I think you sent us an email to loudmouthmedia at gmail, L-O-U-D-D-M-O-U-T-H, media at gmail. Um, and we can correspond and, and uh, get the information over to Sterling. And, guys, this is, this has been wonderful. We had our last 40 seconds as we're wrapping today. It's been a fantastic Friday on a Super Saturday with Jazzy Sterling Powell and Sonny. And <laughs> thank you guys so much. I hope you guys have had an educational and knowledgeable experience today with us. I know we've had a great talk. And we appreciate you guys always as supporting us. You guys have an amazing weekend. And we're out of here. Bye. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. Bye. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. Radio Network.